Listen up or run for cover. Dropping knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. The, the real Bradley Bombs is dropping. What it is, Brad Lee back again with another episode of Dropping Bombs. Today, folks, in the studio, I've got a real treat for you. You may not have heard of him, and you may have. Depends on the industry. This dude's like a big wig in the mortgage industry. Made a name for himself. Now he's busting out into all kinds of industries because now he's becoming a big hotshot public speaker, author, a fierce friend. <laughs> Fierce. Yeah, you're a fierce friend and you're a coach. You mentor some folks, but you're still with Nations Lending. That's right. As an executive manager. So you're still in the mortgage business. That's right. Folks, if you haven't heard of him, you will soon. Mike C-Rock Sirocco. Sirocco, like Sirocco, but Sirocco. 100% right. That's you're like a, really that's, good. Really that's like good an Italian that. name, yeah? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And maybe. just in case you guys you know, forget, go follow him at Mikey C-Rock on instagram mikey c rock c r o c dot or no period on instagram welcome buddy what's up man thanks for coming all the way out here yeah dude i i just got on a plane as soon as you said to come out hopped on used the points i heard you went to salisbury university is that where they teach you to cook steak here we go (laughs) here we go with the salisbury jokes yeah it's a small school in maryland salisbury do you like Salisbury steak? Hell yeah, who doesn't? Dude, if there's a TV dinner Dude, that ain't fucking Salisbury steak, I can't imagine it selling. But Salisbury who, steak? Who doesn't like Salisbury steak? I can't believe there's a Salisbury University. Is that what they teach mm-hmm. you? How to make the steak? No. What do they teach you It started there? as a teacher's college back in the day. And then, so it's a real college? Then, then uh, Frank Purdue, the chicken man, yeah. started a business school there. And, and now it's called Purdue? And I went there for three years. I had 13 classes left, 4.0, dropped out. Damn. It was done. So story behind that i went out to take an exam went in for about 15 minutes my uh i looked at the exam i was like you know what i'm done walked up to the desk professor i said bang put it on his desk walked out my my best friend who's one of my business partners now chris short he said damn that was fast he said you take exams fast all the time but damn seriously 15 minutes i said i'm done man i'm done i'm going to make some money and that was back in 1997 and I rolled out and started going to make money, man. And those guys stayed and never in school. Went back? Never went back. Those guys stayed in school, got their degrees, and I went out and started making money, hustling, learning the sales game. Did you did you just do that intuitively or did you realize that's the way to go? So really I was in this business school and the teachers barely spoke English in a lot of the classes. It's I don't have a problem with that. I don't is, have a problem with that. But I know, when but I have a question Is it is it Salisbury you're talking about? Yeah, it's Salisbury. Okay. And I, I, I could. No, I, I'm not I making fun I, of the school. No, I, uh, it's just the name. Number one, I've never heard of it. Is it a? Is it a? Is it a small local college or something? Yeah, it's it's relatively small. I think it's grown over the last I don't know five years. But they have a, uh, a national championship lacrosse team. Uh-huh. That's won like ten or eleven. But they Division had no English speaking professors. No, they had some, but a lot of mine weren't, okay. and I couldn't understand them. Okay. And I'm paying money to go there, and if I had a question, they gave me an attitude. And I said, fuck this. I'm, I'm done. I had enough of it. And uh, I just I went out and slammed the test on the uh, desk, and I was done. And my, my uh, partner, Chris, he was like, you're crazy, man. Your parents are going to kill you. He was there, too? He was at the uh, dorm when I got back. And he's like, you're gonna, 
your, your parent, your mom's going to kill you, man. I'm like, I'm going to have to deal with it. I'm done. And when I made that decision, though, like that's, that's one of those times where you just make something, you know it's it. There's no going back. Nobody's talking me out of it. And it's burn ship mentality. You got to go out and do something now. Did you miss? Time to be a big boy. Did you miss yeah. the female population of the school? No. So I was like the uh, Matthew McConaughey. I stayed around for a few years <laughs> and had a job and then hung out with the college guys when I was off. So now right. that didn't lead me to making a lot of money because I wasn't focused. Right. But I'd still lived that life a little bit for a little while. So if a teenager graduating high school asked you, should they go to college? What would your answer be? Nope. No, absolutely not. They should not. Absolutely not. Unless they want to be a doctor or a lawyer or something but, that requires but look, a degree. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I learned all of my skills in home sales, nine years selling water treatment systems. And, uh, that built me, man. Door that, to door. No, it wasn't door to door. They set up appointments through leads, but did you ever get the, the Glenn, Gar Glenn Gary leads? No, nah, we got good leads, man. All the leads for good. You never seen Glenn Gary, yeah, Glenn Ross? Yeah, the leads suck. Yeah, but the Glenn Gary leads don't. No, they didn't. Coffee's for closers. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. So, so, so hold on. I don't want you to get ahead of yourself. So you, so you quit school, but and and you tell someone not to go to school. What about the relationships that you meet at school? So just to go for the relationships. If you don't know how to build relationships and you don't know how to network, which was my problem, it was more of I didn't know how to network when I was in college. Do you do business with anybody you went to college with? Yes. See, see he's trying to trick me. No, I'm trying to get. I'm trying. I'm trying to get people to see it from another perspective. Because people ask me, yeah. should they go to college? I say, fuck yeah. Yeah. But not. But not for the degree. For the relationships. People say, should I go to these conferences? Well, for the network. Hell yeah, right. but not for the speakers. For the relationships. Grant, matter of fact, got. He didn't get mad at me, but but he looked at me like you know because. Grant who? Grant Cardone. Oh, you Grant know. Cardone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so yeah, well, we we're talking about him earlier. So, my man, what happened was, I was on a live or something with him, and he said, "Brad, why should people come to 10x?" And I said, "Well, it shouldn't be for the speakers." And he kind of looked at me weird, and I said, "Because you can Google them, and fucking most of the shit they're going to say on stage, they're already saying on videos and Instagram and everywhere else. Like they're all going to come and say the same shit. They're just going to say it in person." Yeah. I said. And he was looking at me like, the fuck are you doing? So wait a minute. So I, I guess, wait a minute. I guess the cost of college, though, you look at as the expense of going to these events it's for networking and the relationships, the intrinsic is. value. Yeah. 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 Because, dude, because yeah. college is going to be an experience, dude, especially for an 18 year old person. You might meet your husband or your wife. Yeah. You might meet your long business partner. You might, you might literally invent your business in college and, and, and meet the seven people that you get filthy rich with where if you quit and go the hard way which again you're going to end up in the same place but not with that environment so if my kid came to me and said you know should i go absolutely go i mean that's what i miss that's why i wish i would have went yeah i guess i, I guess because, I, yeah because i got to hang out with the college kids a couple times dude and it was fucking fun dude i and i'd wonder like dude imagine being on campus every day like there, there was, was there were some good experiences yeah dude, but you know what i guess three years is everywhere enough. so so do you have to go four years is, should be the question well I, I, I think you should do both i think you should go to college and build a business yeah like yeah. you said when you quit you built a business and you still went to college you just weren't getting credits yeah yeah true you still you so hung go to, out with the college fellas. go to a college town yeah hang out with everybody don't go to class don't pay tuition just go to the college town hang out 
and do all the rest of the stuff. Meet the meet the. That's students. my advice. There you go. Drop See, it, folks. Oh, I'm not supposed to tell you to drop it. I forgot. That's, that's exactly. That's right. a big no-no here. That's 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 the best advice. Go to a, live in a college town, hang out at the college, at the college parties, meet the college people. There you go. Don't necessarily waste your money. And go and get the free credit cards, the free gifts, the credit cards, and then run up credit card debt. That's a good idea. Because I used to do that. Free towel, free T-shirt, yeah, Mastercard that, T-shirt. Yeah, you know, but, like getting like two thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> did you ruin your credit? No, I paid the bill. See, I didn't. I found ways to pay the bill. I got free credit cards when I was young and didn't know about credit. They don't teach that shit in school. Yeah. Credit's massively important, would you say? Yeah. If I pull oh, out absolutely. my freaking credit number or whatever you call it, score, right now, what do you think is good? Well, I'm in the mortgage business. So, I so mean, what's good? we can get a mortgage for somebody at 580, but good, I would say we consider good at 700, 720 and above. So, I'm a Brick, I'm what I call gold balls. Yeah, yeah. Eight, eight twenty plus. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The old eight hundred club. Wait a minute though. So sometimes when you're in eight twenty, you're not borrowing enough. Why? You don't have enough open credit. Why? Just because that you're not that big of a risk. So they'll give you a really high credit score sometimes, and because you don't have enough open credit, and because if you have more open credit, your credit score drops a little bit because of the risk that you have to be able to borrow more and go nuts with it. Hmm. How so, much? How much? I think. You? I think. I think if you're at 740 and above, 740 to 760, you're in great shape. You don't need to be any higher than that. So that's as good as it needs to be. Yeah, 740 is the the top. What tier. about what about but, a what about a 740 with a tax lien? Ooh, yeah, we got to work on the tax lien. You got to you got to have a payment plan, or you got to figure out something with the tax lien. Yeah, there's there's different things like that that can pop up. So let me ask you, you you are in the mortgage business, but you got a whole team. You have a company. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and and you can help people. So if people are listening and they need money, where would they come see you? Uh, they would just call me uh, or DM me, folks. If you need if you need a, if you need a loan, tell yeah. them drop bombs. Tell them bomb squad, hook up. Yep. And yep. and go get go get money from from Mikey's company. Anybody that has a mortgage right now should refinance. Anybody if they haven't in the last six months, they need to. They'll save hundreds a month, thousands. And you're in 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 like. Do you have all the services? Yeah, okay, yeah, good. all residential, all Folks, residential. Go get your go get your fucking loan, or get refinanced on your home with old Mikey Sea yeah. Rock. Why do they call you Sea Rock? Uh, because people can't pronounce my last name, I guess, and so they started calling me Sea Rock, and I just rolled with it. But just from your last name? Yep, in okay. college. Yep, I played football at Salisbury University, and uh, they they called me Sea Rock. So I was like, okay, let's roll with it. I put it on a license plate on my Eagle Talon. I think it was a 1990-something Eagle Talon. It was In blue, 1990, though? Something. Because, dude, the, those Eagle the, Talons were kick-ass yeah, for a it second. it had a black top, and it was like a, I don't know, some kind of baby blue color, and a stick shift, so I put C-Rock on the back. And one time, I went, I was dating this girl, and I guess she had a boyfriend I didn't know, and I was at her house, and the next morning woke up, and I came out, my tires were slashed, and the C-Rock plates were ripped off. And I said, man, I'm getting haters. I'm going to roll with this name. Sea rock it is. C-Rock, so we just kept is. going with it, man. No, that's where that's where it came from though. What's people builder? People building. So I'm in the mortgage business. That's our vehicle. I've been doing that since 2006. But every morning I wake up, I'm building people. Like I don't really focus on the mortgages that much. This we have people that know how to do that. That's what they're doing. Every single day I wake up, I'm working with my people trying to build them in different areas of their life. Leadership, communication, emotional response, resiliency. And we focus on those things all the time. So I said, you know what? I'm doing this every day at our mortgage business. 
I'm going to keep developing our people, but let's scale this outside of the business and go after it with other businesses and show them how to build their people and what it does for their business. And that's where it came from. So, so now you're coaching people on that? Yeah, con- consulting, coaching, training. Yep, that's where we're going. Now, your podcast, which is quite popular, what are you made of? Yeah. What are? What are you made of? What are you made of? When did you start yeah. that? About a year ago, I got an idea. Uh, I was going on podcasts, and uh, I was like, man, this is pretty simple. I thought it was a lot more hard, you know, difficult. And I just said, you know what? I got a story to tell. I met uh, Pete Vargas, and he told you how to tell your story. Mm-hmm. And like we were talking about earlier, and uh, I said, man, his story sounds like mine. It hit me. And I'm like, if, if I connect with his story, I need to share my story because people will connect with it. And the reason people don't share their story, by the way, one is because they think that nobody cares. They think their story is ordinary. Or they underestimate the power that their story can you know, impact millions of people with. So one thing for me, for example, like I, when I was 11 years old, you know, I had a sto- this is the story that I tell all the time is – I thought my life was ordinary growing up in a broken home. My mom, dad, I don't ever remember them together except for wedding pictures. And so, uh, you know, I lived with my dad for three years. And while I was living there, I went through a lot of emotional and traumatic, like just mental abuse, parents fighting, conflict of custody, child support, all this stuff. I was thought it was normal though. But as a kid, you're going through this stuff and it's not normal. But I didn't want to tell that story before because one, I was a little embarrassed by it, dealing with that as a kid. But I did know it was ordinary, and I thought, eh, everybody deals with this shit. So I never shared it. So, you know, my dad giving up on me uh, when I decided to leave that environment. You know, he, he wasn't too happy. He got served court papers. I go home from school one day, and he says, hey, go in your room. And I go in my room waiting for my, my hero, my dad, Mason, laid block, poured concrete, always had rough hands. I looked up to him for the fact that he was a hard worker, and he also carried a wad of $100 bills in his pocket. Had a rubber band around it. And I thought that was cool. So I always looked up to him. And my hero comes in and says, hey, it looks like you want to move back with your mom. And I said, yeah, I've made that decision. And my mom said, stick to your guns. If you ever make a decision, you're sure. Stick to your guns because people will try to talk you out of things that you believe in. So I stuck to my guns. And he said, if that's the case, you know, they don't have it that well there. Like here, we have money. They don't have money there. What are you going to do if you want to go to dinner or this and that? I said, you know what? Happiness is more important to me right now. Like I want to be in an environment with love and and." Not no conflict. So he said, okay. So he takes out the wad of $100 bills I always looked up to him for, peels a $100 bill off, crumples it up, and throws it at me and says, here, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And I was 11 when this happened. <laughs> Damn. And I'm thinking, hold, hold on. 11 years old, he said that to mm-hmm. you? Damn. And I was thinking, I was, I was picturing 18 year old C Rock listening to Pops. Yeah, yeah, that, that'd be a little different. But you know what? I was mature at that age. I was I grew up a lot of around a lot of broken people, uh, alcoholics, drug addicts. My grandmother committed suicide. I, I was around a lot of brokenness, and so people building stemmed from that. I was always trying to help people. I felt like throughout my whole life, I never gave up on people, and I never took the wrong route with them. I always tried to lift them up and try to put them on the right track. So at a young age, I was doing that. So when he did that, I thought to myself, you know what? You ain't winning. First of all. I'm stubborn to a fault. That's a strength and a weakness of mine. And the other thing I thought to myself was, remember, I thought this was an ordinary uh, scenario. I can't be the only one going through this. Like there's gotta be other people that their hero threw in the towel on them. And I said, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna provide an example for people. Like I'm gonna be a role model. Go back. He said, basically threw a hundred dollar bill at you and said, you're gonna need that shit. And then what? 
No, I just well. So right after that happened, like that happened, I didn't pick the dollar, the hundred dollar bill up. I just sat there and was like, "But that's it." That's- uh, no, 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 no. I just sat at that story right there. I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave." And then I'm sitting there after he did that. And I'm in shock. He turns and leaves. And then so from there, the courts had to do their thing. I had to go to child psychiatrists. All this. But crazy you said shit. he gave up on you. How does he? How did he give up? Well, on when you? when your dad throws a hundred dollar bill at you and says, "Hey, you're gonna need this when you're living on the streets one day," right? Well, that well again because my dad was a smart ass well, too. But giving up on giving up on you means like, and that's it, motherfucker. So, well, no, never no, no, talk well, to you well, again. Yeah, no, no, that's that's the long story. I was trying to keep it short. So the courts did their thing. I'm in this house, awkward as shit, right? For I don't know how long after that. The year, dad's house. Yeah, living there, waiting for the, this all to transpire. After that, I go to my my mom's in summertime, and I signed up for school in football, junior league football, when I was 11. And when it was time to go to school, and I would usually go back to my dad's house or something where I'd lived, didn't happen. And then so from there, didn't talk to him. And so he would send, his his, his wife would send pictures. I haven't shared this to a lot of people, so this is a little secret stuff. Dropping bombs exclusive. No, I just got, I got to, yeah, I got to, I got to give you the details, but there's a lot of uh, animosity and things going on with the parents. Let's put it that way. I don't want to get into two names or anything like that, but I'd be as 11, 12 year old kid getting pictures coming to my house with vacations that, that they were taking with the other kids that were there. Hey, we went to this, this, and this and uh little digs thrown in there. And I'm 11 from a, from a stepmom. Yeah. Just leave it there. Yeah. Well, Dang. yeah. Stepmom. And I'm sure my dad knew what was going on. I don't, I don't know, but uh, maybe, it, was, maybe, it was wrong. Maybe, dude. Your da- maybe your dad was saying, Hey, send Mikey. But, a little fucking photo of us at Disney. But no, but the, the thing is, it's wrong to do, right? I knew that was wrong, and I'm like, I can't even believe this is happening, and it kept coming. So one, my dad gives up on me at that point. Like throwing a hundred dollar bill to me was like, dude, I'm I'm Rocky. I'm yeah, he's fighting. pissed. You chose your fucking mom, right? I'm I'm fighting, and he throws in the towel, and I'm fighting. So that came about in my mind, and I stuck with me. But that moment right there, I was, said to myself, "There's no way I'm letting him win. Like I'm gonna I'm I'm on a mission now." Yeah. So everything I did, I just went hard at. Now I'm not the biggest dude. I'm five six and three quarters. I played college football. Okay. <laughs> And I, because I hustled and worked hard and I just knew that I was going to do everything I could to not need that hundred dollar bill that was on the ground. And so, uh, about three years ago, I started realizing, you know what, what am I driving on every day? I think everybody that's successful is driving off something, whether it's somebody giving up on them, uh, Tom Brady getting drafted in the sixth round, Michael Jordan's guy that beat him out on the high school basketball team. He used that all his career. This is my thing. And I think everybody has their thing. And if they don't, they need to find their thing. So, I've been using that. So I always said to myself too, what are you made of? If I go through tough times, if I'm, things are going good and I want to take it to the next level, I, hit, I, I believe in self-talk. So I'm always like, man, you're built for this shit. What are you made of, man? You got this. If I'm at the gym, I'm dying because I go hard like <laughs> at the gym. I want to go hard, like just take it, finish this workout. Come on, man. What are you made? Let's go. So I'm always talking to myself. So I said, podcast, name, share a story. What are you made of? And what do I say to myself all the time? So I named it that. And then that caught on and people wanted to come on the show to tell, tell me what they're made of. And uh, when I asked you that question, you were kind of like, I don't know what the fuck I'm made of. Did I? <laughs> I don't know. I remember something like that. And I'm like, shit. Okay. What's your story, Brad? <laughs> what are you, what are you made of? Know. You know? <laughs> what, what, that, that don't matter. That's funny. <laughs> no, cause, that's when I, cause when I get on podcasts, people ask me stories like I'm going to bust out with this fucking sad story. Yeah. And again, I could. Like if if I tell my story from a sad perspective, yeah. Oh, dude, I can I can jerk a tear or two. Right. right. Like when you're telling me your dad gave up on you. Well, fuck. At least he fucking you know. Well, well no. At I, least that, you had him for a minute. Yeah. No. 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 When no. I was uh, a kid, you know, I could get that way. But yeah. I've always saw things 
from a from a positive perspective even though i do realize there, that there was negative shit but like when people ask me what you know what was your hardest thing you know do you tell me something that you overcame and i'm like fuck i don't know and then they're like they don't know what to say is that well, what happened to no, you? No, 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 no. But see, here's the thing. <laughs> you I don't, recovered? I don't play a victim role, and I thank him for doing that. When I look back on it now, because I've been driving off of that my whole life. I've gotten to where I am because of that. And I've been able to help other people because of it. So at the end of the day, it's a blessing. I tell the story not to play a victim, but to yeah, show you, people, turn your setbacks into rocket fuel. That's, for sure. That's my message to people. And you got a book coming out called Rocket Fuel. Yep. And dude, it's interesting shit. And again, I didn't mean that I don't play, play victim, and you are. No, I got you. I, I grew up, where i had some issues but when i think back i don't really think of them at the time especially as issues right. and and now i don't even think about them but when i was on your podcast and you asked me that question that's probably why i couldn't answer you because like right. i don't i don't really think back like that but now that you're telling me what the show's for and what it's about now i know like, that's do it my, again. That's Have my me fault. on again, and I'll tell you what I'm made of. I will, and that's my fault because I didn't explain that to you good enough. Should, so I, that's tell, should I tell people I went to prison? Yeah, man. Fucking share had a hard time. Share the stories. People want to hear that stuff. Hooked on crack for three yeah, straight days. Yeah, people want to hear I'm that stuff. I'm just joking. I've already told them all. Oh, okay. If you listen but, to every podcast and drop bombs, dude, you probably have heard the ca- the crack story. And, you know, I've been to jail a hundred times, it seems like. It's not really a hundred times, but, dude, I've had some fucking hard times. But here's the thing. Wait a minute. So when you when you look back at these things, I don't believe in just looking back all the time and being focused on your past. But However, using it. use that shit. And it and works. I, and, and it does. And here's the thing. I don't want to just get into, into the sky with a rocket, right? I want to go to orbit. Orbit's away from everything that can pull you back. You're indestructible. That's what I'm always aiming for. And I think everybody's aiming for that, whether that, they consider that freedom, happiness, whatever it is. What do you Where think nobody can touch you. Yeah. The economy doesn't affect fuck you. Fuck you money. Exactly. So what gets you there? Not fuel, rocket fuel. And then that's why, okay, thinking rocket fuel, let's use our setbacks and build. And now when you know this going forward in your life, this is where it's key. When you're looking forward and you're dealing with things in your life that come at you and you know that setbacks are rocket fuel, you, now you're looking for setbacks. Okay, bring it. It doesn't scare me anymore. It doesn't set me back really. And so that's the mind shift that changes everything. And so that's what I teach. I teach people how to do that. I Tactically? Teach Tactical steps? Absolutely. Tactical. What's the first thing implement. one would need to do? First of all, you need to understand this this philosophy. Because if you don't understand it, you're not gonna you're not well, gonna what you just said makes sense. Like if I was listening to this podcast, I'd be like, Oh, I get what he's fucking saying. So now I'm not really upset or or shaken when I when I'm facing setbacks. It's almost like, damn, and now you're using them as fuel, rocket fuel. Yeah, because I've had a lot of setbacks in my life. And I, I, I was like, I'm tired of dealing with this and feeling this way every time something happens. I'm done. I'm Because I felt like a prisoner when that was going on. I'm done doing that. I'm taking control of my life. And from now on, when I have a setback or somebody's negative, man, it's fuel. Let's go. Come on, bring some more. I want more of it. What would step and two be? Step two. So first of all, then you acknowledge when something's like coming your way or you see something. Acknowledge it. Understand. Let it trigger in your mind because you're going to have a moment where you're going to feel like that, that feeling in your heart like drops for a minute. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit as fast as possible acknowledge it accept it and remember the rule which is to turn all setbacks into rocket fuel from there then you see okay how can i take advantage of this setback and one thing people can do before they get started on this as they're understanding this rule is go back in your life and write down all the setbacks you've had in your life on a piece of paper any negative people anything that failed whatever you want to and then on the right side you can write 
every single time something good that came of it. There's never ever something in my life that was negative or setback that something positive didn't come from. And so that's that's the first setup of it. And then once you get this trained in your brain, man, it's life's never the same. It changes everything. It'll change businesses. It'll change relationships. Changes everything. If I'm a mortgage, what is it, broker? Well, we're a lender. Yeah, yeah but, but if I'm out there in the world, who are you teaching? Mortgage no, lenders? No, 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 no. I'm teaching everyone. But, 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 but you're, but, you're but, teaching but, everyone but, what the people build, but like... But the, in, in, the, in the mortgage business, our business, we have processors, underwriters, uh, loan officers, loan managers. Officers. That's yeah, what, loan officers. Yeah, yeah. So do you train loan Listen, officers? the real estate business has so many setbacks. An appraisal can come in light. Inspection goes bad. The commission now is gone. You thought you had this commission. Now the appraisal comes in light. It's gone, right? Sets a lot of loan officers back. They have an emotional roller coaster ride, and then they don't prospect and sell, and then their months go like this because they got set back because of a one setback. So Instead, my- thinking of, okay, wait a minute. I have a setback. Commission's gone. How can I make better of this? Well, maybe go to those people and say, hey, listen, appraisal came in light, can't close the loan. We got to figure out another way here. Let's work through this problem together. You go that extra mile for those people instead of just giving up on them. They're going to get something at some point and they're going to refer people to you. So it changes everything. Can they make friends with an appraiser? No. You know that. I don't know that. You can't do that anymore. Why? Well, you can make friends with them, take them golfing, all this, but it cannot be anything involved in the transaction. Matter of fact, you cannot even order an appraisal through an appraiser anymore because they're worried about you talking to them about the value. Um, hey, that's the appraiser's fucking problem. All I'm, yeah. all I do, I just need a goddamn appraisal, please. Not, no, 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 no. Back like if my day. buddy I golf with is an appraiser, can you appraise that for me? No. <laughs> if he if he tends to appraise it because of my relationship, that's his problem. Correct. I but just need an no, appraisal. No, what happened back in the day, some loan officers would call the appraiser and they need a certain value on a, on a refi. Hey, this guy's looking for 50,000 cash out. I needed to appraise at 350. You think you can get it? Wait for them. If they say no, I'll go to another appraiser then. And then that appraiser would do it because they're worried about the you know future business. So that was so p- that's part an, of the 2008 that, crash was because of that. Is that a fraudulent? Absolutely. Now guy? now they have, the, it's called HVCC guidelines. You got to follow these. You cannot talk to the appraiser about value. The loan officer is not allowed to be involved with the appraiser whatsoever. They have like basically third-party handlers to take care of it for them. Yeah, because, a thir- because an appraisal should be the appraisal. It should be based on six months of sales in that area. Of comparable properties, period. But what if they're and, called custom homes? Well, I mean, you got other factors like uh, square footage and bedrooms and bathrooms, and they look at all that. But at the end of the day, it's supposed to be on comparable sales. What's the variance between appraisers? Man, like if you there, if you send some... in ten legit appraisers, they're all legit, certified, educated, whatever whatever you do to become an appraiser. And you send them all in there on the same property. Would they all come within ten thousand of each one? I think that most of them would, and then you'd have always one outlier. This Seems way like, up or down. Yeah, we always see some weird shit like that. Sometimes. Are you allowed to get ten appraisals and pick the top? No, one? no. What you can do is you get an appraisal. If you don't agree with it, you can send comps, other comps. You can get the real estate agents to pull comps, and they can check that, and then ask for a re- uh, reconsideration of value. And then if they say yeah, I agree with you. They can change the value. Now, if you have a bad appraisal and the underwriter looks at it and says, this isn't even accurate. This is way off. The, the data is compromised. At that point, they can say, this appraisal is invalid. We can order another appraisal from another appraiser. But it's all going to line up and make sense. And so, nowadays, peop- appraisals are coming in lower than they assumed. Why wouldn't you get an appraisal first? Uh, no, no, no. We're not seeing too many undervalued appraisals right now. 
No, but it can happen. But if the, and, and if that does, as an example, yeah. you get bummed out as a realtor. Yeah, realtors, oh, they lose their shit right away. Like, oh, what is he looking at? You know, they get that first. And then, the, of course, they call the loan officer and think it's the loan officer's fault because the loan officer has to order the appraiser. It's not even the, it's not even the loan's company. It's appraisal company. Um, and then, then the loan officer gets upset and then they can be set back all day and lose a whole day of work and prospecting. And then how many thousands of dollars is that costing? So this Tons. mindset changes everything. Absolutely. Resiliency in business and relationships. Because think about the marriages. Think about marriages, about setbacks. Or if a wife, listen, guys, a lot of times the wife's problems is a reflection of you. But just imagine sometimes when the wife gets on the guy like about something, nagging him, right? And if the husband just understands that not to respond, understand this is a little bit of a setback or a negativity. Let's think about how I can make the best of this instead of reacting to the wife or vice versa. It changes everything. Yeah, and you and I'll tell you folks, getting along with your wife is highly uh, advised. Also affects the business. Now, our employees' family problems become our family problems. So building your employees and even helping them with their relationships at home is a big deal. So I focus on that in the mortgage business. I rarely look at mortgages and all that stuff. We have a team that takes care of it. My partners are great with that. And they allow me to focus on building our people. And we've, we've seen some dramatic results, not just in income, not just in productivity, but in families doing things that they never would have thought they'd do, moving to towns that they never thought they would be moving to. Do you and talk I, to your dad still? No, unfortunately. Not by my choosing. By his? Yeah. Man, now, says, I'll send a text, happy birthday, this and that. And now I stopped doing that because I never got any responses from it. So if I was you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop. Yeah. Like, don't let, here's, here's, a, here's a bomb that old Bradley's going to give you and the whole bomb squad. This is an original. I got a few originals. This is one of them. Don't change the way you treat people. Just change the people you treat. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, in that case, that would be like, get rid of them. But it's nah. your dad. I would just keep texting him, dude. Yeah, keep I will. Keep texting him. Because, dude, yeah. eventually, I, I'm surprised, to tell you the truth, because, like, he's got to be older not by now. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing. So they've started hearing some of the podcasts I go on and telling my story on my podcast, and then I've even getting Oh, some, now he's sour about no, that. No, I don't hear from him. I hear but from he's someone, pissed. I hear, that's why I hear, he's not, I hear from someone else. Yeah, but that's and why that's he's pissed. that's the problem. Yeah, well, I don't know if he's... I don't hear from him. I hear from the other person. Well, he, dude, he's pissed, and, or well, he, you would hear from but, him. But, see, to me, I look at it like, if it was me, you know what? I'm going to reach out and make good on this. You Me know, too. I'm, I'm, I'm 60 some years old now. You know what? But that's because I want to make good on this. Yeah, you know? but, that, but that's because your mindset's in that. So would I. I'd be like, oh my God, dude, I fucking let you down. Son, yeah, get yeah, over here. Yeah, like, yeah. dude, let's catch up. Yeah. I fucked up. I never should have done that. Right. And if he's listening to this one, because he might, he might be one of those uh, stalkers. Like, literally, <laughs> he listens to every one of your podcasts. Yeah. But, and, and that could be why he's still pissed. But dude, it's surprising as hell. I was expecting you to be like, yeah, now no, we talk. No, well, maybe, see, that's the end of the story is not here yet. Maybe that will happen. I, if, happen. I see, if I see him, I'll give him a big hug. I don't care. But let me tell you this part. When I was 11 and I moved to my mom's, I'm at a young age getting ready to become a man, go through puberty and all that, right? Well, there's a guy named George my mom, my mom married, which is Casey's dad, my little brother Casey's dad. And George, at that time when I was 11, that very impressionable age, stepped in and be a father. Be a father. He didn't have money. He was good at stretching a dollar like long ways, like big time. But he hunted, he fished, 
baseball, football, any sports. I was there. I wasn't, or he was there. I wasn't even his real son. And he would show up to the ball games and show me how to catch and show me how to throw and talk to me about sports. And he was there. And so uh, about uh, February, 2019, he was hunting and he came out of the woods. It was snowing that night, came out of the woods, texted my little brother, Casey. Hey man, I'm out of the woods. I'm back to the truck. Just want to let you know, check in. Cause he was by himself. And then, uh, what, two or three hours later, um, my mom never heard from him. He didn't come home. And uh, I guess she texted Casey and said, hey, did you hear from dad? And he's like, no, he's not home yet. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And uh, so I don't know if the exact story, because Casey was there, but I'm just going off of hearsay what they said. But apparently Casey went looking for him, driving slippery roads, icy roads, looking to see if he slid off the road, whatever. Long story short, um, he got to his truck, pulled out of the parking lot and had a heart attack at the end of the parking lot. And somebody across the street found him and took him to the hospital and all that. Well, Casey's driving for three hours looking for George. And my mom calls my, or texts my, uh, my wife in the middle of the night. We're sleeping, dead asleep. My wife gets a missed call and a text. And she's like, Mike, wake up. Your mom's calling. And uh, she said, did, did George call? Or, or she called my mom and said, hey, did, did, uh, did, did you call? And she said, texted my wife back and said, George did. George did. So George did text back. She meant George died. And so my wife woke me up in a dead sleep. I get up. She tells me a story real quick. I'm like, no way. So I called my mom. She's frantic. And apparently she had found out that they, uh, George had a heart attack, died at the hospital. Um, and uh, the reason I'm telling this story is because George, at that moment in my life, I realized something that what a real man is, is supposed to do. Even if it's not your kid, taking somebody and being committed to something and saying, listen, I'm in this position now. I married this lady. She, it comes with this little boy. It comes with my sister, this little girl. I got to be a man and honor my commitment. Now, so at that young, impressionable age, he was there for me. And I don't know what I would be like today if he wasn't because he taught me a lesson. Do good things, good things happen. Do bad things, bad things happen. And I've lived my life since that way. Casey's lived his life that way. When he passed away, Casey and I talked about this. There was something that came into us. George was the type of guy that was really quiet in a room of people, unless you talked about hunting, fishing, baseball. He would go nuts. He would jump off the couch, deep voice, get in your face talking, like passionate, right? Well, when he passed away, within the first week, we both had something come into us. I can't explain it. I, I don't expect people to believe it. I'm just telling you from experience of how we felt. There was something that came into us, like a passion, uh, like an energy, and and. I felt something that I've never felt before where every day I wake up, I'm on a mission now with people building, what are you made of? And I don't ever get tired. I don't ever get like worn out. It's like this energy, this passion that's come into me ever since this happened. Now that might be just something triggering in my brain. I don't know what, I believe it's an energy, a spirit, a passion that's come from George. And uh, ever since then, man, things in our lives have gone better. We're helping people, our business is blowing up and we just, we're just like happier people. And uh, I wanted to share that part of it because you're talking about the end of the story. That part of it is a good part of it that's, that's come from it all. So, Yeah, that is, that, is a, that is a good story. You're a good storyteller. Um, you know. I'm sure there's people sitting there going, oh, man, I want to find this dude. If you guys want to find him, by the way, go to the MikeCrock.com. The Mike, like the MikeCrock.com. Also, he's got a book coming out, Rocket Fuel. When's that come out? 
Uh, it's coming out this winter. Does it talk uh, about it, these stories? Yeah, the stories are in there, plus many more, a lot more details. And uh, also a lot of the lessons I've learned from those things and how I've implemented them and the results that I've seen in people. And uh, I want to share that because, you know, a lot of people that you see out on social media, a lot of the influencers, right, that you're not one of. That's right. Um, they haven't done this stuff. They haven't experienced a lot of this stuff and they haven't implemented a lot of the lessons. I have, and I want to share that with people so that they can see what we can do for them and help them and, and, and develop them and just change their lives. And so Rocket Fuel, I named it Rocket Fuel because of the fact that you need rocket fuel to get into orbit to be indestructible and away from all these issues and setbacks. And uh, I'm fired up to get it out to people, man. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a good book. You and I have a lot in common. It wasn't my dad. It was my mom. We, we, it was like the switch. My mom didn't really give up on me. She she gave up on everybody except for my little brother. So like she kept the baby. It was brand new. He was brand new. And there was four of others of us. My mom and dad got divorced. My real mom and dad got divorced. Next thing I know, the four of us are in a freaking adoption center getting ready to be orphaned out. We're in a fucking orphanage. It wasn't an orphanage. It was called a foster home. Yep. But we were in a foster home place to get getting ready to be shipped out to different foster homes. My mom gave us up and just kept my little brother, Tony. Well, my dad would have gave us up too. But, but my grandmother, who was Hispanic, by the way, big family values, Latins. And uh, she freaking told my dad, you better get your fucking ass over there and get your kids or we got big problems. <laughs> so my dad came and got us. And by the way, this is the story. I was two, you know, yeah. my dad came and got us and she, and he had already, you know, ended up dating this woman named Becky. Well, they ended up getting married. So Becky was like my stepmom since I was like two and a half or three. And Becky was like fucking George. She ain't dead yet, but she yeah. she fucking stepped in was technically my mom yeah and i was her favorite so i got yeah. fucking all the goodies but my real mom which i don't mind um you know never never really hung out with her and she'd tell me oh we're, i'm sending you a christmas present and then like nothing would come yeah crazy shit like wh yeah. why why tell a kid you're getting a fucking christmas present when you know it's not coming and it'd never come never come never come yeah. now people think i have mom issue which i don't like I forgave her, I'm cool with it, you know. I'm glad, yeah. Because again, I have half brothers that she kept on humping, and had <laughs> other half brothers, and those half brothers still live with her, and they're grown fucking men, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so glad I didn't grow up there, dude. If you talk about what are you made of, like to me, if I would have grew up with my mom, I would not be where I'm at. Yeah. I would be where my brothers are and yep. they're and they're nowhere yep so if you wrote that down on your paper as a setback and then you look at what good good came from it it's kind of glad that it happened like you said uh, so, yeah so this but it's is the opposite like it's yeah. crazy because me and you have similar stories but it mine yeah. my, my mom's one that gave up on me your dad did yeah your yeah. mom took you my dad took me yep similar and, and, similar though and maybe i'm going on this mission and this journey telling everybody this story so that he'll hear it because he's not hearing anything else it could be subliminal how old are you uh, 43 okay yeah. so and he's 60 something yeah 60 yeah dude something. it sounds like he's butthurt yeah because you're you know again if you have an yeah. ego you know fuck talking shit about me fuck yeah, you yeah, yeah. you know and, and he'll and, keep that up until one day he wakes up and goes dude number one 
you're a dumb fuck. You, you should have you should have not done that from day one. You should have yeah. went back, apologized, and like you said, if you were him, you'd do it. So would I. Yeah. But we're having we're, we're I think we have a abundance mindset. Yeah. He's probably got that fucking self sabotaging, limiting belief. 100%. Fuck you. You owe me a living. You're my son. I made you. Can't believe you're out there talking shit on your podcast. Yeah, I don't know what he's thinking. I to me. Let me call him. No, this is the story. Give me his fucking phone number, dude. I'll it. call that motherfucker. This is this. This is the. I this. would too. That'd be a fucking good episode, dude. Let's call him. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah, you want to here? What's his name? It's same as mine. Where's my phone? Here. This if one. I call him, I say, "Hey, Mike, let me ask you a question." This would be great. How come you're being a dick to your boy? What would he say? Hang I don't up? know. Would he hang? Yeah, he up? probably would hang up. Yeah. Yep. Dude, I'll fucking call him. That'd be a hell of an episode. I wouldn't even be afraid to say anything, only because you know I'd be and I'd be respectful. But yeah, I'd I, but, I'd want to ask him like, what? Why aren't you talking to your son, fool? Do you yeah. know that all this time, yeah. you're never getting back? And if you fuck around another year or two, that's just more time you're wasting. Yeah, because one day, dude, he's it might be on his deathbed where he's gonna go. I wish I'd buried the hatchet a long time ago. And yeah. and quite frankly, dude, I think you are too. No, hundred percent, and I don't. It's hard to tell your story because I don't want to put him down. That's not the point of it. I know, that but but, but I think you're going to look back and say you could have done more to repair the relationship too. But I think you might have a little chip too. Still, could like, be like hey, could fuck be. him. Yeah, but that ain't a bad thing. Use it for fuel. But I'm saying, yeah, I've wa- I can't remember who told me the story, but there was a very similar story where the dad fucked up till he was dying. Then you know they they made up he died but the but the son who was telling me the story said but my lesson was i should have fucking swallowed my fucking pride and said give me a hug dad that's why i said you just keep texting don't let him make you stop texting yeah well there's more a little bit more to the story my his dad passed away he was on his deathbed and i went to see him and my dad was there at at the at the house where my grandfather was dying and that's the first time we rekindled after that first episode. And for another few years, we got back and went to dinner and he saw my kids, his only grandkids at that time. And then something happened. We don't know what. And he heard you talking me. shit on no, the no, podcast. No, 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 no. This happened, this happened way before that. No, no, no. <laughs> not, 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 that's not the case. All right. No, good. but something happened with, with the other parties. Let's put it that way. And, yeah. and then it just cut off and that was it. And then no, I don't know. So it's I don't have. I, I would still. So at Christmas you don't see him. He don't come nope. around the fam. Nope. You don't see any of his side of the fam. Uh, yeah, his sisters and stuff, which he doesn't see. He yeah. does, He has a problem with them too. Yeah. I don't. You know, know here's a, here's something yeah. to consider. If if you have problems with a bunch of people, the only common denominator <laughs> is what do you. They, what do they say? If you're in a room or something, and one person out of three is something, and it's, not the two people next to you. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Some saying. Yeah, but like if he's yeah. getting in fights with everybody, it's yeah, his, common denominator. Everybody. There's Come there's on, a man. common denominator. I'll leave it at that. But I, look, man, I, I'll like I said, if he walked in right now, I'd give him a big hug. Hey, man, let's go have a beer. I'm not. I don't have any. Uh, yeah, good. Beer. That's but, the good but, part. But I will not miss the opportunity to use it as fuel. And oh I, hell and, no. and that's that's what it's that's what drives me every day. Like some, if I don't feel of, like, a lot of people will use it as fucking pity. Right, and right. do the opposite. Like literally, yeah, yeah. most people will use it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to miss that opportunity to use it and teach other people how to do that because it changed my life, man. I'm telling you right now, it's like when I don't feel like doing something, or man, I don't feel like getting up early today. I don't feel like work. Nope, nope. You can't. You, you got to prove them wrong. Nope. And it always goes through my head, and it's a good thing. So, how long does it take some for someone to learn this? 
I mean, everybody's different. I mean, but if I paint On the picture, average, though. to me, I look at it as my responsibility to do that. And it's my responsibility, just like Bob Ross, the old painter on public television, oh, yeah. paint oh, the picture. Oh, oh, frizzy head. I got to paint the picture for him. Oh, Afro Bob. Right, right. And if I don't paint the picture good enough so that they comp comprehend what I'm trying to tell them, it's my fault. So it depends on the person, man. Yeah. You know? And and uh, yeah, I didn't have the worst upbringing. Let's face it. There's people that were way worse than me, right? And some people that are better. But it's just finding that finding that, that time. Now, there's other things in my life, in business, where people have screwed me. And uh, I use that too. Rocket fuel, man. Well, I'm gonna need to read your book only because I've never really used my 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 setbacks as fuel. If mm -hmm. I would have, dude, I'd already be in the ninth orbit out. Yep. Because I've had a lot of it. Yep. I got sc screwed by the people I gave a piece of this company to when I started it. Two of them. I get. I literally gave a third. And the third, so I gave away sixty six percent of this company just to my buddies to help. Hey, come help me! I'll give you a third and a you third, and we'll go do this and we'll go do that. So they said, "Yeah, okay," because it didn't cost them any fucking thing. It was a third. Yep. So we started. They they couldn't afford not to make money because the company wasn't making any money. So basically, I fucking carried the damn thing for like two or three years, and they and they just got a free third. And anyway, long story short, dude. I had to buy them out, and it was like the most unbelievable fucking story. But I don't look at that that way. I think I'm automatically doing what you're teaching. Well, in other words, I skip the part of needing to learn it. I think I I somehow naturally do what it is mm -hmm. you're teaching people how mm -hmm. to do, and it's not normal, but it but it's effective. Well, I naturally did it too. I didn't know what I was doing, and I then I became aware of it and documented it. Now. The other thing is with that situation in business, when somebody screws me, I look at myself and say, what could I have done differently? How did I allow that to happen? Or what'd you do to cause it? Exactly. Because if I start thinking all the time, hey, this guy screwed me, man. Oh, this guy, I'm here now and I lost this money because like over a million dollars because of this. And I'm sure yours was up there too, right? Mm, several. You could, you could live in a prison thinking about that that way. So I think to myself, okay, how did I let that happen? How can I avoid it in the future? It's all me, not him. He's just a loser. Not my dad, the other guy, the, the business guy that did that to us. It's another story. He's a loser. I can't control him being a loser. I shouldn't have let that happen. And that's changed everything too. So now the business that we're in in the mortgage company, we're in a second company that we started. I, I took one with my partners to 10 million in revenue. That's one that cr crumbled because the leadership did what he did on me. My fault. I let it happen. Then we went to this next company. Two years, brought it right back in two years. And the reason that we had so much success with it is because of the rocket fuel and what are you made of uh, principles, but also understanding that that guy did that. It's all my fault. Now I got to recover and I got to do something about it. And it's all mindset instead of playing a victim. It's changed everything. The hard way is my version of, of rocket fuel. It's pretty fucking crazy, but I'm older yeah. than you, son. I got fucking underwear older than you. No, just joking. Huh? Where's all your gray? You don't, you don't have as much gray as I do. Bullshit. <laughs> Dude, I'm 51, so you're 43. That means when, when I was 16, you were eight. Yeah. When I was 24, you were just getting your driver's license. Yeah. So yeah. I'm older. But, dude, this is crazy. I didn't even know you had the book. And and basically, it's a bunch of stories that basically teach people what you had to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. And that's why I call my shit the hard way, which is lessons I learned the hard way love so it. you don't have to. Dude, those are going to be some good books. Yeah, I love it. Mine can be pre-ordered right now. Can yours? 
It, mine is uh, available for free right now. The oh. ebook, they can get it for free. Well, what do you mean? What's coming out then? A what fucking hardback yeah, or something? We're gonna put, yeah, we're going to put some nice books out. Yeah, just like you were talking about. your hard yeah, But the book. book's already made? You just haven't printed it yet? No, 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 no. We're working on finishing it up, wrapping it up. So what's the ebook? The When when it comes out. Was it five when, chapters no, 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 no. They worth? Can, they can subscribe now. And when it comes out, they can oh, get you the get ebook free. for free. Right? I got gotcha. you. And if people, people want the hard copy, they can buy that. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So I got yeah, man, we got to get them interested in early. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good promotion. You know what my promotion is? You can pay for it now. Yeah. Okay. But anyone that bought it prior to its launch, I'm going to draw a name and give somebody a hundred thousand dollars for that copy back. So it's a limited signed edition. Love it. Limited version signed editions to where I know that these are, this is one of the books that were in the pre-order group. Love that. And I'm gonna buy one of them for hundred k. Can I steal that idea? I would recommend you do because I'm gonna do it for like. But five, make sure you 5, make <laughs> make sure yeah make sure you don't say a number that you can't fucking cover because yeah, yeah. I'll make I'll pay a hundred grand even if I'm losing money. Why? Well, because that's what I'm saying. Yep. Now I didn't say when I'll draw the name, so I might wait four years yeah. until I make a hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, folks, after the book launches, the pre-order people are going to brag about it because if yeah. I don't make a hundred grand, I have no money to pay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just joking. But no, I'm really serious. That's good. That's my promotion. You know why? I love it. Because now what's the worst thing that can happen? You read the book, make millions, avoid a lot of pain and trouble. Worst case, you get a hundred G's. Yep. If you read the fucking yep. book, dude, you're going to make money. Yep. Now, rocket fuels filled with stories and lessons right and if someone applies what's in that fucking book what happens think about it if you weren't affected negatively by setbacks and and negative people and haters right think about that and you and not just it didn't affect you but it propelled you man you could i mean hundreds of millions of dollars are you kidding me and not only that don't even think financially dude if you didn't make one more fucking dollar but you was happy as shit relationships because dude i've seen some people bummed out yeah over somebody else's opinion of them yep 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 so it's not all about the money no no no. that's secondary i think if you worry about being happy the money fucking shows up but the but what i try to show people is technically happy is a choice yeah yeah like dude you can you can be happy or you can be pissed in the same situation so that proves that it's a choice yeah you ever heard about the two boys in the room full of shit yeah I think I heard you tell the story before. Yeah. If Go ahead, you, tell if it you again. listen to Dropping Bombs. No, because people do listen to Dropping uh, Bombs that, yeah, that are yeah, listening yeah, to yeah, this because yeah, yeah. they listen. Yep, yep. So at the end of the day, I know the listeners have heard it. I'm just wondering if you have. I have. Absolutely. Dude, you're not a regular listener to Dropping Bombs, are you? Are you a subscriber? Are you in the bomb squad? I think I am. I think I am. You can check on my phone. See, see Call me a liar and see, see? see if I'm wrong. No, I, I know. But even no. subscribers, I don't know if they heard every episode. I don't know. We're I've, up to I've, like 300 and something. I've heard probably 25%, honestly. What's yours? up to uh 60 dude that you're getting I've record, up there i've recorded a hundred some but they're not all released yet you record the shit out of them yeah man. yeah well, how I do you get your guests uh networking social if, if media someone listening is interesting and they want to be on your show how do they do dm it? me on instagram at mikey c rock instagram dm get them set up well you yeah. can't promise you can't promise them anything you have to get, get their story i'll first. get them i'll get them set up because they want to know what are you made of i'll get them set up with something if you guys want to figure out if you got something to talk about hit him up on the dm and fucking maybe you'll be asked what are you made of let's go now let me ask you this question if somebody listening to this was in the mortgage business because i know that you're not really you're you're growing out of it if anybody plumber lawyer doctor 
whatever wants to fucking find you, you they go to the Mikey C Rock. No, 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 Mikey C Rock on Instagram at Mikey C Rock. The website is the Mike C Rock. Yeah, but that's where com. they that's where they'd go if they want to like follow yeah. you and yeah, yeah, join yeah, a news. Yeah, yeah. You got a newsletter or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yep. So if you guys want more information on him, you go to the Mikey C Rock dot com or follow him on Instagram or go subscribe to his podcast. What are you made of? Let's go. Now that's on all iTunes, Spotify, all that shit. Yes, it is. And what are you made of? Interesting shit, man. Well, dude, I can't believe you freaking flew all the way out here just for this, bro. Tell the truth. Yeah, man. You listen, ain't got no listen, other meetings. Listen, listen. I'm all about relationships and an opportunity to come in to the Bradster studio. Are you kidding me? Couldn't pass that up. What do you think? Love it, man. It's 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 it's, it's uh, better than I could have imagined. Just from what I've seen on it looks on, bigger on, online though, doesn't it? Yeah, no, but there's a lot here. People don't realize there's a lot here. There's yeah. a lot here. Man. That's funny. No, People man. always and, come in here and they're like, "Fuck, dude, this looks bigger online." And listen, everybody, everybody, like they see you on here, but dude, you're hospitable, man. When we came in here, the way you treated us and everything, I just want to thank you. That, that was, uh, dude, my was pleasure. Awesome. What yeah. you see is what you get. That's the important thing. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah do yeah. I act the same yes. as I do online? Absolutely. See, dude, you can't yeah. be called the real Bradley and then and then have some sort of persona where when people show up, you're like completely different. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hello. Can we? Oh, can, how can, are you? hundred percent, man. And when we walked in, we felt at home, and I, I do appreciate that because that means a lot. Made made us feel uh, comfortable. And can we give a shout out to the fake Bradley? Sure. That's my boy. I don't know who he is. I never met him. I talked to him online, but I just want to give him some credit. Give him a shout out. Yeah. And uh, people and, should follow and, him. Yeah, and and listen, our, our guys. By the way, for me to be able to do this stuff and have the mortgage company running, my little brother Casey's here. Shout out to Casey Holland, Jason Yates, Chris Short, and, and uh, Robert Cox, Bo Cox. Thank you guys for doing what you do. Appreciate you guys for allowing me to do this. And you can follow Casey Holland where? Casey Holland Home Loans. What's that again? Casey Holland Home Loans. Is it H O L L A N D? Come on, folks. Show them some bomb squad love. Go follow Casey. Go follow Mikey. And until next time, keep it real. This is Dropping Bombs with the real Bradley. Subscribe at droppingbombs.com.